and say, get over getting knocked down. Because if you're going to do something significant, if you're going to do anything of eternal relevance, if you're going to do anything to change the world, you got to get ready to get knocked down sometime. But the issue ain't getting knocked down. What I want to know is, do you have the power to get back up again? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Come and join us in the sanctuary as we listen in on a dynamic word from our senior pastor, Dr. Gina M. Stewart. I want to use today as a subject anchored in hope. Anchored in hope. In their book, The Many Cost of Racism, Joe R. Fegan and Karen D. McKinney state that African Americans have created an impressive and innovative array of strategies to resist and cope with racial hostility and discrimination that regularly crashes into our lives. They say that as a rule, African Americans in particular have had to learn effective strategies for fighting and coping with our own experiences as well as from what we hear about the experiences of our family members and our friends. In other words, they are saying that not only do we need strategies for our own, our own lives, but we need strategies for dealing with the tragedy and the experiences that we hear about and experience in the lives of our families and our friends. They state that the collective experiences and learnings of others, the collective memory of our communal witness are critical resources for those who must deal with white racism throughout their lives. Painful experiences with discriminatory whites get embedded in the memories of individuals as well as in the collective memories of families, friends, communities, and African Americans as a group. Beyond drawing on the experiences of relatives and friends, Fegan and McKinney state that African Americans have also learned many contending and coping lessons from the accounts and lives of struggles of African-American heroes and sheroes like Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Fannie Lou Hamer, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and countless others who have persevered under difficult life circumstances. Their experiential accounts of dealing with racism as well as racial supremacy often provide models for contending with the assault by whites on black dignity, livelihood, and sometimes one's very own life. They state that these tragedies, these strategies, strategies and coping skills are passed down through the generations as part of the valuable communal knowledge about contending with racism. In other words, what they are suggesting is that we have received and inherited from our foreparents and our ancestors 
coping skills that have been passed from generation to generation. Therefore, while many of us, particularly our ancestors, who have experienced some of the discrimination and racism that they experienced in their lives, while it should have killed them, while they should not even still be alive to tell the story, because they had coping strategies, we have lived to see them emerge as survivors. And so it was during the month of February that I tried to invite and tried not to focus so much on history about those that were dead, but people who were alive. I invited everyday heroes and a shero to give us experiential accounts of their experiences with racism and white supremacy in America. I even invited a European to talk about racial supremacy through the lenses of a white male growing up in a racially polarized city of Memphis. In each testimonial, we were reminded that our survival, not just as African Americans, but as believers, has demanded that we have some strategies and coping skills for contending with racism, injustice, and oppression. But I've come to tell you that we don't just need coping skills for dealing with racism, oppression, and injustice. We need coping skills for dealing with life. I said we need coping skills not just for dealing with racism, injustice, and oppression, but we need coping skills for dealing with life. We still need skills to contend with racism, but we also need skills to deal with life because life is not always fair. I can't get nobody to help me. Our dreams are often deferred. Our hopes are often put on hold. And sometimes the thing that we work the hardest for never seems to materialize. In fact, sometimes our vision outlives the visionary. And if we're going to survive, if we're not going to fold up our tent, pack up our marbles, and go back to the house, and decide that life is not worth living, we need some coping skills and some strategies that will help us to survive. We need some of the stuff that Muddy and them had. The stuff that allowed them to deal with the hardships of life and somehow never lose their focus, never let go of their faith. We need some coping skills that will allow us to contend with the difficulties of life. One of the coping skills that in my opinion has been and has, that has been and still is essential to our survival whether we are African-Americans or whether we look at this through the lenses of a Christian is the coping skill of perseverance. Can somebody say perseverance? For not only do we have to contend with racism, inequality, injustice, sexism, 
classism, prejudice, economic disparity, we also have to contend with struggle, disappointment, and economic hardship. But I stand here to tell you that if you can learn to persevere, if we can learn to persevere, perseverance will bring its own reward. Perseverance is why after 370 years of slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, lynching, discrimination, miseducation of the Negro, brainwashing, the poison of self-hatred, low expectations, low self-esteem, a distorted history, false standards of beauty, second-class citizenship, racial profiling, that our race can still produce a W.E.B. Du Bois, a Booker T. Washington, a Martin Luther King Jr., a Magic Johnson, a Michael Jordan, a Larry Finch, a Dr. James Cone, a Bill Cosby, a Vincent Harding, a Kane Hope Felder, a Dr. James Forbes, a Thurgood Marshall, a Benjamin Hooks, a Harold Ford Jr., a Fannie Lou Hamer, a Sojourner Truth, a Jackie Joyner Kersey, a Paul Lawrence Dunbar, a Nikki Giovanni, a Maya Angelou, a Roberta Flack, a Stevie Wonder, a Quincy Jones, a Patty LaBelle, an Isaac Hayes, an Art Gilliam, a Hank Aaron, a Muhammad Ali, a Colin Powell, a James Brown, a Nanny Helen Burroughs, a Jesse Jackson, a Bishop McKenzie, an Al Green, an Oprah Winfrey, a Dr. Ben Carson, Denzel Washington, Will Smith, Tom Joyner, Tavis Smiley, Tyler Perry, Richard Smallwood, Hezekiah Walker, Yolanda Adams, Donald Lawrence, Robert Franklin, Byron Cage, Sam Billy Kyles, Farrah Gray, a Tony Dungy, an Angela Bassett, Felicia Rashad, a Vertis Sales, a Nia Long, a Jennifer Hudson, a Tina Turner, a Dwayne Johnson, a Tawan Stout Mitchell, a W.W. Harrington, a Maxine Smith, a Freddie Payton, a Lois D. Berry, a Betty Booker Parks, an Emma Primus, a Philip Dotson, a Randy Smith, a Belinda Watkins, a Nate Essex, a Chief Floyd Newsom, a David Acey, a Lester Snell, a Charles Streeter, a Tracy Bethay, a Michael Adrian Davis, a Steve Harvey, a Queen Latifah, a LL Cool J, a T.D. Jakes, and a Barack Obama. your friend and said don't mess with us we are survivors we've come this far by faith leaning and dependent on the Lord and in all of these examples the rewards whether they've been in the realm of politics science business journalism photojournalism, religion, the arts, education, entertainment, all have come to these individuals and others whose names that I did not have time to call. Not because they did not encounter obstacles, not because they did not have disappointment, 
not because they did not have setbacks, but they succeeded in spite of the odds because they were committed to persevere and see what the end was going to be. How did they make it? They made it and they continued to make it because they learned the value of perseverance. Can somebody say perseverance? See, that's one of the things that you don't hear about it with integration. If you grew up in a black school, perseverance was a part of the vocabulary. There was no such thing as I can't and I cannot and I will not. Perseverance was something that was a part of your makeup. It was a part of your blood work. It was, it was understood that regardless to what community you came from or who your mama was or even if you didn't know who your daddy was or where you lived or even if you only had one outfit to wear to school and they had to wash the same pair of pants and the same shirt, they would grease you up with Vaseline and put you out the house and tell you that you are somebody. And you will go to college. You will be president. You will succeed in spite. But we have lost that. We praise God for integration. But integration provided us with access. It provided us with the opportunity to have some of those things that the black schools didn't have, that white schools did have. But one of the things we lost was the maternal instinct of those teachers and the paternal instinct of some of those principals and professors that would sit us down and tell us, you might be black and your hair might be nappy, but you can be whatever you want to be. They knew what struggle looked like and they would tell us you can survive because they understood the value of perseverance. They understood the importance, don't miss this, of, the, of developing the ability to withstand life's hardships without abandoning dreams and purposes. See, just because you have hardships does not mean that you should abandon your dreams and your purpose. They develop the ability to press forward with a determined continuation over a long period of time in spite of setbacks. Perseverance is a skill. It's a coping strategy that all of us need to work on. It's the ability to withstand provocation and endure difficulties with patience and hope. Perseverance is the very essence of why we have survived as African-Americans. We get knocked down, but perseverance says it's essential that even if I get knocked down, I can get back up again. I need some folk that's in here that have been knocked down to just go on and give God some praise that if I get knocked down, I'm getting back up again. Oh, y'all y'all don't feel me. I said, I just need some folk that's part of the knockdown crew that have gotten knocked down, but you didn't get knocked out. And let me tell you something, as long as they don't knock you out, you can get back up again. I feel my help coming in here. If you're going to persevere, you gotta get over being knocked down. 
your friend said, getting knocked down ain't no issue. Black folk getting, been getting knocked down all their lives, Tawan. We've been getting knocked down every time we tried something. Every time we had an idea about something. Every time we dared to dream something. Touch your friend and say, get over getting knocked down. Because if you're going to do something significant, if you're going to do anything of eternal relevance, if you're going to do anything to change the world, you got to get ready to get knocked down sometime. But the issue ain't getting knocked down. What I want to know is, do you have the power to get back up again? You ought to just slap somebody and tell them as long as I got Jesus on my side. I might get knocked down, but I can get back up again. They can take one job and I can get another. They can skip over me for a promotion and God will bless me with something else. They can pass over me and ignore me, but what God has for me, it is for me. I just need the folk that's part of the get back up crew to just throw your head back and say I'm coming out of this. One of the things that prosperity has done for us, it has robbed us of our coping skills. Black folk doing better than we've ever done. Got more than we ever had. But we got brand name clothes on our butts, brand name bags on our shoulders, and ain't got no fire in our bellies. But I come to tell you that if you're going to survive, if you're going to make it through racism, if you're going to make it through Bushism, if you're going to make it through a recession, if you're going to make it through hard times and downsizing, you got to get used to the idea of being knocked down. The question is, can you get back? You ought to just know it's about say, baby, I got my help right here. Pastor could go on and open the door to church right here. Because I can get I got good God from Zion. I, I just feel some, somebody just got some help. That even though I fall down, I can get back up. Come on, devil. Shoot your best shot. Let me show you what kind of God I serve. Do whatever you got to do. But when you get through, I'm coming up. Somebody said perseverance. We got to teach our children to persevere. We got to teach them to stop crying when they get an elf and send them to a tutor. Come on here, somebody. We got to do like Jennifer Hudson. When Simon told her she had no place in show business, she didn't go home and slit her wrist. She went and took some voice lessons. And 14 months later, she was starring in Dream Girls. You ought to high five somebody and tell them I can get back up. Sit down. We got to develop the ability to endure hardship, setbacks, difficulty. Here's the key, without abandoning your dreams, without abandoning the purpose and the destiny that God has on your life. 
it doesn't mean that because you experience a setback that your dream or your purpose has gone up in smoke in fact every time you fall down you ought to stop and start doing a ritual you ought to stop and just have you a praise break and just go ahead on and say well God if I fail this time you must be getting ready to do something even greater than what you were getting ready to do before I fail so I'm gonna stop right here and take me a praise break everybody that has had some setbacks let me just go on and let you make this a practical life application sermon everybody that's been disappointed everybody's had a setback everybody that has been disappointed had a dream deferred a hope delayed ought to just take a praise break right here and just give god 30 seconds of your praise that it ain't over Somebody, it ain't over. Just tell somebody, I'm gonna get back up. I'm getting back up. you can do now I'm getting ready to tell you why you can do it because the Bible shows us that the patriarchs Abraham Isaac Jacob never would have succeeded in founding monotheism which is the belief in one God and the founding of the Jewish nation had it not been for their extraordinary perseverance tradition records that Abraham withstood 10 major trials. Twice he suffered exile. Sarah, his wife, was abducted. The, build, the, the binding of Isaac to an altar. The sending away of his son Ishmael. A war with four kings. The prophetic vision of his descendants' enslavement and exile. Nimrod's attempt to murder him. And the danger of undergoing circumcision at an advanced age. But Abraham persevered. Likewise, his son Isaac suffered persecution at the hands of the Philistines. He underwent the trial of being bound as a human sacrifice, called off only at the last minute because God had provided a ram in the bush. He was separated as an adult from his beloved son Jacob for 36 years, while his other son Esau had a, 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 a price on Jacob's head. Joseph endured. A season of physical, emotional, and psychological hardships. He was resented by his brothers, sold into slavery, seduced by Potiphar's wife, falsely accused. But Joseph persevered. Jacob endured a life of physical and emotional hardship. He was persecuted by his brother, swindled by his father-in-law. His only daughter, Dina, was raped. And for 22 years, he thought his favorite son, Joseph, was dead. But Jacob persevered. David would have never become king 
without the ability to endure a season of abuse from King Saul. He was running in the wilderness, hiding in caves, and dodging Saul's spears. Michael Jordan persevered. I know most of us think that Michael Jordan always hits baskets, but here's something that he said. He was quoted as saying, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost more than 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I've missed. I fail over and over again in my life. And he says, and that is why I succeeded. John H. Johnson, the publisher and owner of Jet Ebony magazine and Fashion Fair Cosmetics, rose from poverty to create an unparalleled <coughs> international media and cosmetics empire that has fueled the dreams of many African Americans. He was the founder of Ebony and Jet magazine, chairman of Johnson Publishing Company and Fashion Fair Cosmetics. He borrowed $500 on his mama's furniture to fund his first publication. And he rose in one generation, which is about 40 years, from welfare to wealth and became the first African-American on the Forbes list of the 400 richest African-Americans. Johnson was known for the phrase, failure is a word I do not accept. Harriet Tubman persevered. She was known as one of the Underground Railroad conductors. She made 19 trips into the South and escorted over 300 slaves over a 10-year span. And as she once pointed out to Frederick Douglass, in all of her journeys, she never lost a single passenger. And while she was in her teens, talking about persevering, she suffered an injury that would affect her for the rest of her life. She was always ready to protect somebody else and stand up for others. And so she blocked the doorway on one occasion to protect another field hand from an angry overseer. And the overseer picked up and threw a two pound weight at the field hand. It fell short of the field hand and struck Tubman on her head. She never really fully recovered from the blow. And oftentimes she would fall into what they call a deep sleep. But in spite of her physical limitations, Harriet Tubman persevered and led many folk to freedom via the Underground Railroad. You ought to touch your friend and say, you got to learn how to persevere. And so it was, and it will continue to be, that for me, Black History Month provides a tremendous launching pad, a tremendous opportunity for others to share their experiential accounts from their own personal lives. I thought this year it would be better to have people who have persevered and lived to tell about it, to come and talk not just to the adults, but particularly to our children. Because their lives, the annals of their oral inspiration are replete with tales of perseverance. I invited them so that we as African Americans and our children would appreciate the sacrifices that others have made that have contributed to our improvement for life chances. And that we never take the journey that other folk have made for granted. 
And it is important that we understand also, I wanted you to hear their stories. And we could keep doing it for the rest of the year, to be honest. Because we need to understand that hardship does not give us a hall pass from being productive. Don't miss that. Just because we have hardship, it does not excuse us from participating in life. It does not give us exemption from the game of life. But rather, we have to find a way, get us some coping skills so that we can get back in the game. Perseverance reminds us that in every human life, some rain is going to fall. We cannot escape sadness and suffering. Therefore, we must stop asking ourselves, what can we do to avoid the rain? And start asking, what can we do to weather the storm? The key to authentic living is embracing, is in embracing and continuing in our purpose, even in the midst of a storm. Because hardship and persecution do not exist to exempt us from living with integrity and compassion. Our goal must always be to maintain the right attitude in times of trial. And the right attitude is found in our secret or our ability to persevere. Hebrews 10, our preaching text, verse 35, put it this way. Do not cast away your confidence. The writer is encouraging the people of God to hold on to their faith. To hang on to their boldness that they have known from previous days. He's encouraging them to remember the earlier days. When they had courage and endurance and not to abandon their confidence. Although the writer in this particular context is talking to the audience about their ability to endure persecution and abuse. Because they were dealing with a lot of persecution and abuse for being believers and refusing to worship emperors and, and refusing to renounce Jesus as Lord. The principle is the same. We may not be facing abuse from emperors. We may not be facing persecution from a Roman Empire. But all of us in some shape, form, and fashion in our lives are facing situations that could be considered persecution or abusive in some shape, form, or fashion. The principle is the same. We have to develop a coping strategy and a coping mechanism that will allow us to persevere, to withstand hardship without abandoning our dreams and without abandoning our purpose. The writer encourages the people to maintain their positive attitude before God and before the world. Touch your friends and hang on in there. In other words, the writer is admonishing them not to abandon their confidence because it is their confidence that has kept them in the past. And when you lose your confidence, you lose the impetus or the stimulus that pushes us forward. In chapter 10, chapter 6, verse 10, the author assures the readers that God will not overlook their work and their labor of love. That their need for endurance and perseverance is the thing that will, will assure them of heaven's reward. 
In addition to persevering, don't miss this, they are also encouraged to do God's will. So the second piece to this is, not only do we need to persevere, but we also need to be able to withstand difficulty, hardship, not abandon our dreams, and keep doing the will of God. Can I stop right there? Because one of the things that, pers that, that difficulty will do, it will distract you from doing the will of God. So that even though we are continuing in what we call confidence, we lose our ability to continue to do the will of God. So what that means is that the same energy with which I served God before I ran into this obstacle is the same energy that I need to serve God with now that I'm facing this difficulty. I can't get no help in here. Because one of the first things that happens when we run into difficulty, we, we, we start acting funny with God. We shut down on God because we basically view God as the instigator of our hardship. Or, don't leave me here, if we don't view God as the instigator, we are angry with God that God didn't intervene. I'm trying to help somebody. But what you got to understand is that whether God is the instigator or didn't intervene, God's nature has not changed. And that God is still the same God when you were shouting and we were shouting because he answered our prayers. He's the same God now that he was then. And my challenge is to continue to do the will of God even when I'm facing difficulty and hardship. I'm talking to somebody right now. And the writer in the book of Hebrews is reminding us that the reason why it's important, don't miss this, to keep doing the will of God in the midst and it's important to persevere he says because it is in persevering and walking with confidence that we receive what God has promised it's in the text let's go there for a minute verse 35 says so do not throw away your confidence watch this it will be richly rewarded perseverance will be rewarded when we were standing up here and, and the leaders were <coughs> um encouraging me Deacon Ruby whispered in my ear she said hang on in there and this is what the text is really saying it's saying hang on in there now what is the motivation for hanging on in there because if I hang on in there I'm gonna be richly rewarded I'm not God I wish somebody could get this in other words I'm not just blindly following God I'm not just going along with this for the sake of going along with it I got biblical proof that if I keep on pushing, that if I keep on pressing, that if I don't throw away my confidence, that if I don't throw away my ability to lean my whole personality on the trustworthiness of God, that God is going to reward my perseverance. He that shall come will come and he shall not tarry. In other words, he will not be late. Now he may be late according to your timetable. He may not come when you want it. But I've lived long enough to find out something. God ain't never late. He's always on time. 
Somebody ought to give, give, give him some praise right there. That whenever he shows up, it's always on time. Sometimes life is best understood in retrospect. If I had quit the first time I got disappointed, I wouldn't be standing here. And some of you, if you had quit the first time you ran into an obstacle, you wouldn't be sitting here. And not only would you not be sitting here, you'd probably be swatting at flies somewhere. Because some of us have gone through enough stuff that should have caused us to lose our mind. But somewhere we read that if we hold out, weeping may endure for a night, but joy, do I have any help in here, will come in the morning. I wish I could get somebody just praising. That morning time will come. You ought to just shake your neighbor and say, don't give up, hang in there. Morning time will come. And morning time is not when the sun comes up. But morning time is when God shifts stuff around. Changes your season. And says that now is the time. The writer says that we must persevere because it's in enduring that we receive what is promised. Some of you that finally graduated from college, it was in persevering that you walked across the stage. I can't get nobody to help me. It wasn't because you were so smart. Come on, you scholars. It wasn't because you made all A's on your test. But when they called your name, you walked across the stage because of your ability, come on here, to persevere. Do I have any help in here that can say some folk graduated summa cum laude, some graduated magna cum laude, some graduated cum laude, but I got some folk in here that graduated thank you laude, and I just need the thank you laude folk to put your hands together and give God I wish I could get somebody to help me preach this. I'm trying to help you. And I'm trying to help myself. And I'm trying to help our children. That sometimes we got to stick it out. That we don't always get delivered out. That the situation doesn't always, God doesn't always bring us out. But that God makes us better people. He puts something in us. Reverend Curry used to call it that sterner stuff. That allows us to stand up when we ought to be sitting down that causes us to keep pushing when we got every reason to give up that causes us to stand up on the inside when we feel like falling down on the outside when you learn how to hold out perseverance brings its own reward thank you for joining our podcast We pray that you were tremendously blessed by the word. Like what you've heard? You can purchase this message by visiting www.christmbc.org slash store or by emailing us at orders at christmbc.org. Be sure to mention the title of the message. 
We are one church in two locations. Join us at one of our two locations at 8 a.m. at our east location at the Esplanade Memphis located at 901 Cordova Station, Cordova, Tennessee 38018 or at 10 a.m. at our south location located at 480 South Parkway East, Memphis, Tennessee 38106. May God continue to bless you is our prayer.